You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Girls, ladies, and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Del Torre. Hey, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to you. How hey, was? Uh, how are the mountains? Beautiful, man. Uh, I hate to be back into this humidity uh, <laughs> and this South Florida heat. The mountain weather was beautiful, 75 during the day. 55 at night, 60 at night, you know. I was I was peeping Silk's pictures, and I was like, place looks familiar. Hit him up. I was like, yo, are you in Banner Elk? He's like, yeah. I was that's like, exactly that's right. I'm like, that's my proposed to my uh, to my now wife. I said, look at this. Here's the same picture from that same bridge, a mile same up. Same bridge. Oh. We, all three of us, have been to Banner Elk at different times. We, yeah. we left the mark. Same yeah. corner, different time. Banner Same corner, different time. But uh, I, I loved it out there. How, give me you guys overall feel of, of the Carolina Mountains, man. It uh, beautiful. They um, what they call them the Blue Ridge Mountains because yeah. there's like this like little smoky haze. Um, kind of looks blue in the morning. Um, quick story. Uh, it's cold up in the mountains. So like I had this when yeah. I had to propose. I had this big <laughs> ring box. And it's like 45 degrees at 7 a.m. Bro, degrees. ice to the ice. Look at look at Nick, man. <laughs> it uh, it's cold up there. So I put this jacket on. And this jacket is able to like hide the ring box. And we get down to the winery where I'm gonna pop the question. It's 75. I look foolish with this jacket on now, but I have to, <laughs> but I have to have the jacket because uh, the yeah. ring box is too big for my skinny jeans. So yeah. I'm carrying around this jacket, looking crazy. But you needed it when you know when we were up at uh, at the Airbnb. I love I love the Blue Ridge Mountains. I love uh, that that part of Eastern Tennessee, North Carolina. Banner Elk's beautiful. Boone's a cool town. So I heard you talking about it last night on the roll up. Uh, Boone's a really cool college town. Uh, yeah. That whole area. That's actually where I went and learned how to ski for the first time uh, when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. Was there in the mountains there. Uh, funny enough, a black diamond in North Carolina and a black diamond in Colorado. Are very very different. Dan, uh, I would ski what? circles around you, Dan. Yeah, I learned how I, to ski in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, well, I, you know, Nick, I've I've been out there, uh, you know, eight or nine times to the Rocky Mountains. I'm doing all right now, but uh, I will say, conquering <laughs> a black diamond in North Carolina is very different than your first black diamond in Colorado. Like I said, learn the hard way. Uh, you get up <laughs> to the top, it's I I mean it's. 90 degrees down uh and then uh you have moguls and i gave up uh i think you one went mogul, down your butt i gave one mogul in so uh um, you, you went but, you took skis off went down your butt i i i just walked down i threw the skis oh. down through the skis walked down. i mean <laughs> just an absolute bruiser of an experience for your boy dan uh. The shit, ego, shit. the ego's bruised. That's what it was. Tubing <laughs> sounds like my bag. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna try skiing. Uh, I had a head injury, so now I'm afraid to do anything dangerous. Uh, you should have seen me on that bridge, Nick. Uh, I'm going Wobble, on the bridge. He's wobbling. I'm already like I'm afraid of heights. Just give it a bean. I'm 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 afraid of heights. If you ever want to just you know rob me for everything I got, just take me high and I give you everything. <laughs> I'm 
my possessions. High in altitude. Uh, yeah, yeah. High in altitude. Correct. <laughs> Appreciate that, Dan. But so we're going on the bridge. Me and my daughter walking on. And first, the wife is saying she's not going. I said, no, nah, I'm not going. You guys go ahead. So I'm like, all right. I'm a little nervous. I see it swinging. Uh, the lady at the bridge says 40 people on the bridge. The lady at the bridge ain't counting. I was like, hey, is it, is, can I go on the bridge now? She's like, yeah, whenever you want. I was like, it says 40. You're not counting? And she's like, no, it's fine. It's safe. I was like, bro, I don't trust this thing, man. So I'm walking on the bridge. I get about 10 steps in. I hear screaming behind me. I turn around. It's my wife. She's like, oh, my God, it's moving. I was like, please leave the bridge. Now my your anxiety became my anxiety. I already got my own. Yeah, that bridge wasn't an easy uh, easy. Uh, Task for your boys, what I would say. Turn around, turn around to your wife, and you're like, "Listen, I'm already holding 40 pounds of my own baggage on this, on this thing. I didn't need Correct. you to throw your luggage on top of me right now." What happens is not not even trying to cross it. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you didn't need to come close to this. No. Nah. So man, anywho, we, had, man. we had four year olds on there when we were there. Yeah. And my nephews walking across the bridge. No, no, no cares in the world. Man, hey, those are brave little kids. You know. There's no slight to me. It's just brave little kids. Those kids are probably <laughs> exceptional <laughs> kids. <laughs> exceptional. Yeah. No slight to you. Yeah. Yeah, no slight to me, bro. It, it, it's high up there, uh, but beautiful. My first time up there. Uh, great views. Uh, it, like Unlike the West Coast, you see trees and stuff on the mountains. The West Coast, there's a lot of bare uh, bones that you get to see, I guess, because of the weather-wise. But, man, beautiful. My first time out there. Seen some waterfalls, swam in them, uh, but a good break. I miss you guys. Wanted to make yeah, it happen, but the Wi-Fi was trash. Yeah, we miss you too, man. And it was—I was good. I was up in Asheville a couple of years ago. I always try to make it up to the Carolina Mountains every we, few years, uh, and now it means something to all of us. So uh, that's awesome. A lot of family yeah. vacations up there uh, growing up as well. So um, we got a busy show. Uh, just a, a quick programming note: if um, the show goes a little long, Nick may have to leave a little early do his day job he's got to go cover the florida gators team and that's why we appreciate nick on the show but if for the last few minutes of the show he's not here that is why but as always let's give a shout out to our title sponsor alan horn with state farm insurance visit him at alan horn that's a-l-a-n-h-o-r-n-e insurance.com if you're in florida georgia tennessee or alabama insurance rates got to be looked at every few months so go take a look at State Farm with Alan. Give him a call at 706-692-2888 or again, allenhorninsurance.com. All of your insurance needs, again, Alan Horn Insurance with State Farm in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama. Uh, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about Grill in the Ville. It was uh it is becoming slowly one of Florida's biggest recruiting uh, events of the year. Uh, this year was marked by, I believe, 17 current commits that were on campus this weekend. But before we go into that list, uh, Nick Silk, uh, your thoughts from what you've heard of how the weekend went? I think it was a good weekend. Um, a lot of, what, 15 of the 21 commits. Uh, and then you get some younger guys as well. Um, so I think it's it's more of a chill vibe. You, play some games, do some stuff. Uh, recruiting has changed. Like that would have been typically like Friday night lights weekend, you know, the very last weekend. And by the time you get to that, a lot of the elite kids are either now, cause since they're committing in December already committed or just done. They're like, yo, I'm not putting on cleats and camping for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last weekend in July, it's just not going to happen. Camp so, time, bro. 
let's make some relationship ribs, some relationship ribeyes, and, and just chill out. So I think that's more of the vibe, and you're starting to see that at other places. I think like Georgia did their own version, Florida State did their own version. Uh, Miami's still trying to find financials, so I don't know if they they had the money. They spent their Dan's own money. version. Spend, I don't know. Spend spending money. Dan's money. Um, so I, I think it's a good weekend overall, and, and you build some. You do some team bonding with your commits, and then also you got some guys, you know, like Wardell Mack, who are there that, uh, you know, you, you've got a chance for your commits to try to get get them to be commits or to do their own recruiting job. Yeah, I love the vibes from it. Uh, I, I wish there were a few more kids. That we had some cancellations. Uh, I wish we could have got Jay uh, Zay Mancy mm-hmm. and uh, L J McCray on campus. We did get L J on campus before the cookout, and he ended up spending it in Georgia uh, this weekend, but. Um, a couple of kids I, I wish we could have got there. Even the Pickett kid, that's a 2025 athlete. Uh, he ended up down in Miami. But perfect time to end up down in Miami. Even Zay Mancy, I was a little, like, just, you know, let down by that. And then the Ruiz news broke. I was just like, perfect timing. And yeah, if he's hanging out with Ruiz and uh, this type of news break, it's got to be a great look. But Great yeah, opportunity we- to ask some questions in person. Correct. What exactly does this NIL deal mean? How is this right. being paid out? Uh, Mr. Ruiz, the feds don't miss. And right now, you are in their crosshairs. Uh, what do you say about that, sir? Uh, if I was Zay Mincy. That's me if I was Zay Mincy, but I'm not. But uh, outside of that, I saw a few kids that didn't make it. You know, I thought it was a very successful event. It looked fun. Um, the dance move they were doing on TikTok. I know there's some grown men on Twitter that are making fun of kids dancing at a barbecue. But uh, this is right up the alley. As long as the kids are having fun, uh, this staff is really good with building that that those relationships. And uh, outside of the ribs, you can just see there's a lot of chemistry. Uh, it's, it's genuine. Um, so I, I like the feedback from that perspective. Would have liked to see you know a couple 2025 uh, people pop. Um, that didn't happen, which is, which is all good. I still think we're in a good spot. Um, Wardell Mack is, is, a, is a defensive back. We definitely needed Jamar Jamari Howard didn't show up. Uh, I don't know if it's time to move on or what, but the defensive backboard, uh, I think we can solidify some things if we could get him. I don't know if we're uh, – it's, it's a battle there with three teams, us, Texas, and LSU. But Wardell Max seemed to enjoy himself, lo- love the feedback, and the guys of the 2024 class are uh, really, uh, uh, you know, rallying around him. Uh, so just good vibes. Even with the LJ McCray, he tweeted a pitch out of Kirby. And every guy, all the guys that were at the barbecue, you could tell they just started hashtagging, you know, and, and recruiting on the timeline and socials. So I love the chemistry and what we saw from this weekend when it pertains to the barbecue. Um, good little vibe. Some of the former, some of the current players were around around this uh, event as well. So just good chemistry, good vibes right before fall camp start. Good way to wrap up the summer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, from all intents and purposes, it went well. Let's run through that list of folks that were uh, that were on campus. Uh, DJ Lagway was back, and I believe he is still on campus today. Uh, and um, Jeremiah Smith was not at Grill at the Ville, but he did come uh, to campus yesterday, uh, and he is staying through today. Uh, so that's obviously great news for uh, the Florida Gators. Uh, Xavier Filosame uh, was in town. Aaron Childs, four-star linebacker, also in town, uh, said that his commitment is 100% uh, shut down. Uh, 100% committed to the Gators. He's he's ready to go. You know, a guy that, that Florida got to commit when he visited uh, last month, uh, a name that Florida had been recruiting for a while, but I think a lot of fans were were a bit surprised that that his commitment uh, was announced when he was on campus. And then, you know, some folks thought, hey, maybe he just got caught up in the buzz 
uh, in the hype of what that weekend was. But uh, again, has committed, uh, you know, has stayed committed and said that he's 100% committed. Miles Graham, uh, who just announced that he's going to be going to Buholtz High School uh, there in Gainesville. He was in town. Uh, Jere Hawkins, uh, Darius Hayes, Amir Jackson, Kendall Jackson, uh, who's now going to be Miles Graham's teammate there at Buholtz, Wardell Mack. Uh, Jamonte Miller, uh, Fletcher Westfall was on campus for the first time since his commitment from Leesburg, Amaris Williams, uh, Micah Boyro, uh, Josiah Davis, Teddy Foster, Marcus Maskell, and Noel Portnagin. Yeah, good job, bro. Time. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, Silk, I think you made a point about Jamari Howard. Uh, your thoughts. Obviously, we're not on the recruiting staff. We don't have a relationship with these kids. But is it time – to move on from Jamari Howard, I would think so. Um, and I, I like Warder. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's South Florida, bro. So I expect some shenanigans. Uh, he was committed to Michigan State, and then his stock just started rising really fast. And uh, I don't know if you move on, but you know, uh, I would start. I would. I would prioritize him different. Uh, Wardell Mack, I don't know where he's at in the pecking order right now. There's something that's saying that uh, they probably had other guys a little higher, but uh, I wouldn't hesitate to take his commitment. And then you you continue to uh, recruit Zay Mincy, who we view as a cornerback, and also Grimsley, who's at Bama. That would just be my, my move. Um, and I think the DB board would be more than fine without Jamari Howard. I think he's good, but he ain't good enough to be dealing with what we're dealing with. You know, they had him penciled in for the barbecue. He didn't make it. Uh, ends up at Florida State. Uh, we haven't really got a visit from him since when. And I think the last visit was was because of track or something like that. So it just happened to be on our campus. Yeah, I, I would personally. I'm not. I'm Corey Knows, not Corey Raymond. But I would personally move on. Yeah, and Florida obviously got a spectacular DB class last year. Uh, you know, right. so we, we want to try to get, you know, as many four, high, four-star and five-star guys. But sometimes you just can't. And, and even the year before, they got a lot of names. Uh, and then you add in some transfers and stuff like that. It's, I, I don't think, uh, you know, Florida is going to be taking a huge DB room. Uh, I know Zay Mincy is probably number one on my board. Wardell Mack is a guy that, you know, we've heard, you know, Florida has mixed thoughts on, not that they wouldn't take him or that they, he's not a great player, but just where he fell on that board. But the chips are starting to fall into place. I know Wardell Mack wants to make his decision between uh, now and the beginning of football season. Uh, so we're starting to narrow in on that time and him coming to campus is obviously good for the Gators. I think that there was somebody that, that put in a prediction for him to go to Texas on on three uh, the other day. But again, you know, Florida's going to press hard for Wardell Mack. So uh, again, you know, Florida's going to look to probably be at 22, 23 commitments going into the football season might lose one or two, but that means, you know, this entire football season they can spend just continuing to solidify those relationships, start to focus on the 2025 group, and then hopefully just get those last couple of pieces. Um, what do you think those last couple of pieces might look like? Uh, man, I would love to. Uh, Jer Jeremiah Smith is on campus, I, and I'm not no, I'm not one of just drinking the Kool-Aid of Jeremiah Smith. I think he's telling a lot of programs uh, what they want to hear, but I don't think he's solid to Ohio State. But I think a lot of teams feel good for a reason. The kid is keeping his options open in a very good way. Uh, so a receiver, a five-star receiver to, to, to go with my five-star quarterback would be beautiful. Um, and then uh, elite offensive linemen, tackles preferably, if we could try to poach one. Uh, I think we are going to go out to RB2 this class, so that's going to mm -hmm. be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, you, you could be a little bit picky with uh, and upgrade some things. Um, so in my opinion, receiver, offensive tackle, uh, and running back, which is, is not 
Running back is running back. It's easy to find a good running back. Offensive tackles and, and five star Jeremiah Smiths. All right, what's up, Nick? You, you've done the bulk of the heavy lifting with this mm-hmm. class. You've gotten defensive line. You've gotten some cornerbacks, some safeties. Um, and, and after you had a loaded class last year, so mm-hmm. you can be a little bit pickier in the defensive back room. Um, but I, I mean, you're not going to get much better than Xavier Filsimi. Uh, so um, I think what you just hit on, Silk. You've got a five star quarterback. Give me a five-star that he can throw the ball to. Um, if there was a great tight end, like when, I, when I'm going through and, and breaking all this stuff down for Gators Online, the, the rooms, like Florida's tight end room is is massive. They, just, they have a ton of bodies in there, but not a guy that I can look at and be like, all right, that's a dude. If you could find a dude right. at tight end, I don't know that there is one available or one that you could flip, but that'd be one. But – Florida's class is, is pretty much full, and now you're just trying to cherry pick if you can get a five-star receiver, like Silk said, or an offensive tackle that can either be ready day one or uh, contribute as a freshman. Because um, when I look at Florida's offensive tackles, when, once you get Keontae Goodwin out of the fold, going home to take care of business with, with his mother and prayers up to them in, in that situation, um, now you've got a guy who played at FIU who might be in the mix as a death piece for 2023. So I think offensive tackle is the spot that you're going to look at. Losing Austin Barber after this year, probably, that you need to to get somebody in quickly. Yeah, uh, you know, and Silk, you mentioned uh, LJ McCray. Um, you know, obviously a guy the floor is looking, you know, trying to really get into this class. It's a guy they've been recruiting for a while, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Trying to you start to, to add these numbers up, and numbers always work out. But we're we're probably in that that final five or six spots now. Uh, you know, Florida could really use that number one wide receiver. Uh, Nick, I think with Amir Jackson, I think Florida's probably okay at tight end. Um, you know, they go into next season with I think eight on the roster. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to end up losing a few. That seems like pretty bloated room to have. Just for all sensitive numbers, unless you expect to lose three or four guys uh, in that group. I just don't know if tight end outside of Amir Jackson is, is a number one priority. RB2 throws a wrench into things. Who does Florida go after? Do they go after an RB2 or are they going to try to do some heavy lifting for a really big RB1? I, I don't know. Try to get, you know, Bowen's back in the class. Do you really try to up the bag for um, – for the Gainesville running back, who knows, right? So there's a lot of different things here. Um, interesting thing about uh, Jarek Gibson, heard that there might be a transfer on the horizon for him to a school that is coached by former Florida Gator. So will be interesting to watch. Uh, again, the transfer portal is open uh, as well. So that's what we're looking like in the class. Doc Grill on the Ville went pretty well. Uh, Silk, I think you made a good point. I think it w- would have liked to see a few more of that 2025 and 2026 group come in. But – it is what it is. Uh, I think football practice for most schools probably starts this week. So I think school for most of Florida uh, starts next week. So, you know, there might have been some things. And then, you know, of course, Florida State and Miami also had something going on. Can't expect everybody in. So any final thoughts on Grill in the Ville before we get into Florida Gators Media Day? No, nah, man. Shout out to Shannon Snell for, you know, saying a relationship ribs. I'm going uh, to need that brother to get some vegan options next year. No. <laughs> What? No. Uh, That's you'll, why I didn't go. I would have had to eat hot dog buns, man. You'll, you'll catch you'll catch hands before you catch a vegan option at a Shan Snow barbecue. I mean, even even the green me. even the green beans have have bacon or or some short rib pieces in there, some burnt ends in, in the green beans. There is no vegan option at the barbecue. So, man, you, 
his, uh, now, the his Hawaiian rolls. You can Hawaiian have his hot dog bun with relish and uh, mustard again. Mm. Hawaiian rolls have dairy, uh, Nick. Yeah. Broke my heart when I had to stop eating them. You Jeez. don't have to. Mm. It's a choice. Yeah. Kind of, but. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys I'm think in of- too deep now. Yeah, what do you, <laughs> uh, you guys think of Jeremiah Smith uh, saying that Mike Norvell is probably the best coach in college football? I think Jeremiah Smith is the greatest of all time at recruiting. <laughs> I think he's the GOAT recruit, bro. Like, to be able to tell a lot like that with a straight face, man, like, this kid's top notch. He's he's elite <laughs> with it. I've never, seen, I've never seen anything like it. So hat tip to South Florida again? Bro, he's different. He's he ain't even soft floor. He's just Jeremiah Smith, bro. Like, this kid mm-hmm. left that. And, and then there was people on Florida State message boards that thought he was about to flip. Like, he, this kid lies at elite levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, there was a reporter from Florida State that said he, he's ready to put Jeremiah Smith on flip watch. And he said, we feel really good about that, as in we, as in Florida State. Thought it was interesting for a Florida State reporter to call the team we. But, you know, show goes on. Um, All right. All right, well, let's get into uh, the, the season, which starts today uh, for practice. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout-out to our friends over at the Gataverse. Go visit G-A-T-A-V-E-R-S-E dot I-O. That's Gataverse dot I-O. The team had their TBT event last week, unfortunately suffered a loss. It is a one-game elimination event. So congratulations to the team for going out. Build the team stronger for next year. But if you want to go and support Florida Gators NIL and the student-athletes at the University of Florida, go to Gataverse.io. Show your support. All the sports are covered. So, again, Gataverse.io. Nick, media days were yesterday on Sunday. Um, you were there. What were your thoughts? Uh Decent, decent day. I would have, I would have chose some different players to come talk to us. Uh, Jaden Hill um, said something. Just like he looked, he looks big. Like it looks, looks really good. And I thought, man, he looks, he sure. looks really good. And then he said something that I hadn't realized. He's like, yeah, it's nice to not be hurt. And he, I think his last full off season where he wasn't injured or nursing an injury was before the 2020 COVID season. Um, mm tore his ACL right before the 2021 season, had a setback before 2022, didn't participate in fall camp at all. Um, so just to see what he's been able to do in Mark Hockey's program and, and something that I don't know if Mark Hockey said, I might be speaking out of pocket here because it might be some off-the-record stuff that was said to me, but Nick Savage, when when Billy came in, the, the team was like done. They were done with Dan Mullen. They, they welcomed in a brand-new head coach. They welcomed in Billy Napier. They did not welcome in Mark Hockey. They loved Nick Savage. Like Mark Hockey has had to earn his respect and and earn the players listening to him and buying into him. And, and they actually they have they have. And you can see that not by what they're saying and hear hear what they're saying. You can see that by what their bodies look like now. Uh, pause. But the guys look like they they put what in sexy the work. Nick. <laughs> they, they put in the work. They, they're looking like a a Division One SEC football team. Uh, and not some guys who just play football on Saturdays for fun. So um, shout out to Mark Hockey because it, it it's easy to come in as a new head coach, um, but the guys love their strength coach. They spend so much time with the strength coach, more time than they do with the position coach or the head coach. And when Nick Savage was uh, 
offered a demotion or or to leave, and and he left. The players were not happy with that. So Mark Hockey's had to to earn uh, the respect that he now has in that locker room. Yeah, I like I like what I heard from him uh, during media day as well. I thought Jaden Hill was an interesting choice there, uh, older guy. So it makes a lot of sense there. Uh, you had Jason Marshall, another guy from the secondary that went to um, the SEC media, yeah. media days. Uh, but I would have, I'm with you. I, I thought some other voices could have been a little bit better. What do you guys think of, um, you like that Graham Mercer isn't doing any media? Uh, I think we'll, we'll get him. Well, I think we'll get him tomorrow, probably. Uh, also, if Billy's trying to play off, yeah, he's still trying to play off. I wrote today what I'm looking for, and of course, I'm wait, looking for the quarterback. And someone on our message board was like, Can we stop pretending that there isn't a quarterback? And I said, Yeah, as soon as Billy names one, I'll stop pretending that there isn't a quarterback battle. But until then, um, content's got to get written. Until then, content's content, baby. It's not going to farm <laughs> itself. Um, so, yeah, once you bring Graham out without bringing Jack Miller out, you've named your quarterback. And I think Billy wants to keep that card, which he's already shown to everyone, I think, uh, close to his vest until, you know, that first scrimmage, which will happen in about a week. Um, then I think we won't get Graham Mertz. But you know, could we see him tomorrow? Maybe. Uh, we talked to players on Tuesday. It seemed like at uh, SEC Media Day that he kind of talked to him as, as the quarterback, though. Yeah. Um, I know he was asked about him, but – uh, he didn't go out of his way to say that it was a battle. Uh, he, he just spoke on the leadership skills and, you know, the skill set and, and who he was before he got to University of Florida. But I, he said everything, but he's our quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of what – when you read the articles or, or listen to the quotes that were said this past uh, our, uh, Florida Media Days, a lot of it was talked about Graham Mertz's leadership – uh, you know, Mark Hockey said, Graham talked to the team the other day and said, look, we're the average of all of our practices. And uh, it starts in the weight room. Uh, anyway, I think that's all he said about Graham Mertz. But, uh, oh, he said. It's he interesting, though, because he's speaking from, like, the team leaders. Like, that's mm-hmm. a team leader, us rallying before the season type conversation. He getting his, his leadership shit on a little bit. So. Yeah, and then, oh, here, here, here it was. I knew I read some. Jaden Hill. As we know, the season goes, Jaden Hill goes. So, I'm not going to do that this year. Uh, always, Dan. Always. Uh, um, Jaden Hill said, Graham's been doing a good job leading us. Graham is actually on my off-season team. He's been doing a good job making sure everybody is where they're supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and then just for the team, Graham has gotten up. He spoke to us as far as being a leader. And everybody, they listen. Graham has a lot of respect from us as players uh, in terms of leadership, he's kind of eased his way into it. I think it took about probably the second week of spring uh, because he started uh, making plays out there and started uh, people started to respect him. Sorry, trying to piece this together. Uh, and then we respected him more. He started speaking up. He just got out there, acts like he's been there, leads the team. Um, that sounds to me being a leader, the way that he's been talked about, and I'm, you know, these are obviously prompted questions up to them, uh, but it sounds to me like Graham Mertz is the uncalculated, or is the uh, the the, the uh, un. Oh gosh, what word am I trying to think? He is definitely the leader in the quarterback <laughs> room and will be the quarterback going in the next season. Sorry, yeah, I've seen you be a lot worse than <laughs> man of many words, which is man of none. Big words too. Yeah, um, yeah, I think. Uh, 
you know, just listening to what the players say it, publicly and talking to people behind the scenes, Graham's been carrying himself in that way. Uh, yesterday, Montreal Johnson said uh, that Graham leads the team. He talks to us in a way like a coach would talk to us, and, and you hear that from the meeting room to the field. Um, and and then just talking to people, it, it looks like uh, maybe Jack Miller also has read uh, the writing on the wall there and, and has started carrying himself um, as a, as a backup as well. So it, it's something that, listen, and you, you've, well, you've seen this, and we didn't see it really last year, but you've seen it throughout the past decade. Uh, Jack Miller, if he does not win, if he isn't named the starting quarterback, is uh, one sack away uh, from being the starting quarterback. Uh, so you have to continue to prepare yourself to play on Saturday. Uh, I do – Prefer, you know, not a quarterback. Yeah, undisputed. I would undisputed. appreciate that. That's what I was going for. Thanks, Harrison. Now, now, now you got a ghostwriter. John Ruiz has has my head in in shambles right now. Financials, Dan. Have you gotten any? I saw I saw you posted something on Twitter yesterday that looked as if it was something shared to the shareholders. It, it was. We'll we'll talk about that here in a second. Okay. All right, I'll write that down. We'll get into our life wallet, life alert update. Death wallet. Uh, real quick, I do like that we're heading into camp and there won't be no splitting of one snaps, right? I would like QB one snaps because game one, we right into the fire. So I would prefer there not being a quarterback battle in camp, uh, whoever it may be. I, we all think it's Merce, but Merce need all the number one uh, snaps into, before we go to the mountains of the Utes. Um, all right, so let's um, let's dive into a, a few other things, and I'm going to kind of do this sporadically. It's not going to really make much sense, but it's just the order in which I wrote these things down. So uh, we are going to have our first ever, or not first ever, sorry, the first time in nine years, our, our fall camp open uh, practice to fans. That is going to be um, on uh, August 5th. So this Saturday, if you are in Gainesville, gates are going to open at 2 p.m., uh, and it's free. Um, they're going to be practicing in the afternoon, and then there will be a, uh, a Florida Victorious NIL event after at 4.30 at Ben Griffin Stadium. So um, when I was an undergrad from 2006 to 2010, we had a lot of open practices. Uh, certainly, I think probably 70% of them were open before the season started. Uh, Florida went away from that uh, under um, – Jim McElwain, probably because he didn't know what he was doing. And then Dan Mullen kept them closed. Uh, first year, Billy Napier, they're closed. Now we get one open. Do you think that this is just going to be a one-off thing, maybe one time a year? Or do you think we ever see a day when practice might be a little bit more open to fans the way that it used to be? But your thoughts on the event as a whole? All right, so. Thoughts on, I'm sorry. Open practice. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, uh, transparency, I think, is dope. Uh, the fans get to, in the media, media get a little bit of access, but usually just that first 15 minutes of throwarounds. So I think uh, transparency is going to be good just for overall uh, approval rating, morale with the fans, you know, all of that. So it's a good look. It's been a minute. So um, I wish I could get up to August 5th, but uh, open scrimmage is what I would like next. Why not? It, um, it, so last, Last spring, we got one full practice. We were able to stay out there the whole time. Um, we just couldn't, like, report on, on stuff that we saw. And I think we'll get another one of those this fall camp. It, I'm excited about that because that means I get to stay for an entire practice um, and not just, you know, the individual drills that I'm going to have to run out of here uh, a little bit early to go see today. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to see that as a 
uh, common or everyday practice. I think with the world of social media uh, and tweets, yeets, I don't know, whatever Elon's trying to get him to call them. They're always going to be tweets. Um, I think they're called zeets. Yeets. Yeet the zeet. I think yeets is not the why, but that's fine. Yeet the tweet. It's still a zeet or whatever it is. Uh, Anyway. um, Anyway. It's called Twitter. Um, It's called X today. I'll be on Twitter. Um, So uh, I remember one practice we had that they opened in the spring and we were told don't tweet anything if there's an injury at practice. And Vernon Hargreaves went down like non-contact. And of course, a bunch of like the students and a bunch of people rushed to tweet it. Uh, and that was like the end of our open practices with with Will Muschamp. Um, so I don't think we're going to see anything like that. I think you're going to get one a year, maybe one in the spring, one in the fall, uh, and that'll be it. But I think it is good to get the fans out there. Um, it, it's in odd years, it's going to be tough to sell tickets uh, for home games. Like look at the home schedule this year; it's, it's atrocious. You get McNeese, Charlotte, Florida State. Uh, and what Tennessee, Tennessee Arkansas. Arkansas, those are your six. Um, nasty not, work. It's it's you gotta get and, and there's already not a lot of excitement, uh, as far as I can tell, about the season. There's more excitement about recruiting right now than the actual season. So, uh, a, a way to garner excitement, get people invested in Florida Victorious. If you're a Florida Victorious member, you can stay after that practice, meet Billy Napier, meet some of the players, get them to take pictures, sign some stuff. Uh, so creating an event around what otherwise would be a closed practice to everybody, I think is, is a good PR move. You think they ever do something that really tries to partner with like a Florida Victorious, Gatorverse, NIL, uh, maybe an NIL supported or practice only event? Yeah, I think you could see that. But then also me as a member of the media, I, I'm going to join Florida Victorious, and I'm going to be I'm going to be at that practice. So, uh. I don't know. I I am um, somebody that you know watched a lot of practices. Uh, you know, back back when um, there's not usually a lot that that happens. Most people don't even know what's going on. Um, certainly, there mm-hmm. could be an, an injury uh, that gets reported on. Uh, but I, but I often think that a lot of this is just. Um, I don't know if it's just a control thing or if it's just them kind of getting in their heads just a little bit about how damaging that information is going to be. Uh, if there is an injury, that player's not going to play regardless. Um, somebody mm-hmm. reporting on that injury doesn't mean that that player is automatically no longer injured because it got reported or because <laughs> more injured because it gets reported on right and injuries and injury. Uh, they're going to happen. I think that it builds really good favor to the university uh, of Florida for fans. You know, fans have been, uh, we've always said the worst thing that you can be as a fan base is apathetic. And I'm not saying that the Florida fan base is apathetic. Our listens are at an all-time high here on Stadium Gale. Fans are interested, but I do think to build good favor with folks, opening and doing things, even if it's not every practice like it used to be, opening up a few a year during the spring, uh, during the fall, really yeah. helps build good favor. You tie that into NIL. You tie that directly back into support. All of a sudden, now you start to build some in- excitement and enthusiasm. That's what people want as fans, right? They obviously want wins and national championships and everything else. But they want excitement. They want 
memories that they can have, whether that's bringing a, a child to a practice, whether that's, you know, returning to campus for the first time since you graduated 20 years ago, and it makes sense uh, in your schedule to go make that practice. But building that memory to me is what being a fan's about. And it's not just about, hey, is somebody going to fire off a tweet uh, on social media? I know that that's a part of society now. But if the NFL can do it and everybody else can do it, I think that, that college football can do it too. I know that's the trend, but but count me as somebody that disagrees with this trend. Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, it just gets a little tricky injury-wise because I think they try to control that these kids' parents finding out they're injured from the staff and them before – uh, social media and all that, um, and then you know you're in, you're implementing new offenses and all that, you know. So uh, yeah, I think like, a lot I of it's just strategy, it. but I get it. But you got to be able to you know get some good transparency is good. Um, that way, if it, all the practices are hidden and things go south, nobody has any access, and that's one of the first things that always comes up, like what's going on at practice. So giving the fans and and media more access, I think, is a plus overall for everyone absolutely um all right so let's see here uh in the next topic there so again that practice is going to be at 2 p.m or the gates open at 2 p.m uh on saturday so again if you're in gainesville on saturday august 5th gates open at 2 p.m and then uh, if you're a member of florida victorious that event will be at 4 30 at Ben Hood Griffin Stadium will be for about 45 minutes or so. Um, next thing that we uh, talk or that we that we learned is Micah Mazuka uh, is going to be um, limited when the Gators open fall camp, uh, but it does look like he is going to be able to be mostly healthy uh, and ready to go uh, for the first game of the season. Big update for the Florida Gators. Uh, obviously, the Baylor transfer was. One of the highly sought-in offensive line transfers uh, this this past offseason uh, gets a shoulder injury, uh, says he's going to transfer, decides not to transfer, goes through the recovery, uh, but will be limited. But uh, but good to see him, you know, come back. Yeah, yeah. That, he's, he's, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you if he if he's starting off camp a little limited. Like, what's his uh, rollout? What you hearing? Yeah, he's going to be limited. Um, I, I would be I, I would be very surprised if he's in like a full contact jersey on Monday or or even for the first week. Um, my big thing with him is from someone who's had a shoulder injury before. Um, everything that he needs to do in terms of his job as an offensive lineman is pushing, um, and with a shoulder injury, that's going to create a lot of strain, a lot of pressure um, on, on his shoulder. So you need to take him back. Um, bring him back slowly uh, so you're not going to re-injure that. Um, and then what? what is his football shape? What's his body look like? Because mm -hmm. he hasn't been able to go through the lifting program the way that the rest of the offensive line has been able to since spring, since March. Um, so I think that's going to be a big thing to look at. He's the starting left guard. Uh, mm -hmm. As soon as he enrolled in classes and stepped on the field, he was the starting left guard. Um, so to get him back, it is going to be uh, huge for Florida. If not, you're going to be looking at Jake Slaughter, who's been on campus for a while but hasn't really played, or Najee Harris, who's uh, a, a true freshman, a guy that who, who's impressed Rob Sale, who spoke really highly of him yesterday uh, at Media Day. But it's still a true freshman. You're still going to be throwing. You're going to be throwing a a true freshman into the deep end without his swimmies. 
uh, you know, and, and saying, hey, just go out there and compete. So um, I, I like to get Najee Harris into the fold or get Jake Slaughter some reps, but uh, Micah Mazuka is, is going to be a key piece of the Florida offensive line and getting him back to the season healthy is going to be important. So how many reps can you get him to get him into football shape uh, before August 31st? Right. Jalen Farmer is another name uh, that you can expect to play. Jalen Farmer, I think you might want to work him in at, at tackle. Um, I don't know how much you can count on on Lindell uh, from FIU. So, and he's another guy who missed a lot of spring mm-hmm. uh, with with an arm injury of his own. So, what does he look like? Florida's got pieces. I think they probably have eight or nine guys right now. If you're talking to Rob Sale, uh, a little bit off to the side, eight or nine guys that they would trust if the game was this week to throw into the mix. You. As an offensive line coach, he'll always tell you, if you ask him how many guys do you need, he'll say more. Um, but I think if you're looking at it, uh, eight or nine guys to go up against Utah, I think you're you're, you're, you're comfortable with that. Um, and I, but I would argue that Micah Mazuka is one of those eight or nine guys that they feel right. comfortable with, and, and he won't be you know, uh, out there banging, banging helmets and banging pads today. Yeah, no, Florida has a lot of names, right, and a lot of – Potential right now. It's a matter of putting it all together. You know, Najee Harris, Jalen Farmer, uh, Jake Slaughter, names that we've heard of for a little while. Obviously, uh, Najee Harris is a true freshman here, but there's a lot of names. You know, obviously, you want to make sure that you stay healthy on that offensive line, but being able to get those, you know, six, seven, eighth, hopefully nine. I don't know if Florida's had nine options good options in a long time. So, you know, Florida's offensive line played pretty well last year, uh, anchored by two players that transferred, one that went to the NFL, right? So you have a lot of a lot of reps to make up here. But, uh, you know, Florida went in, got some experience, and now hopefully they can stay healthy and, and not re-aggravate some of these injuries. So, um, you know, excited to see what you know that offensive line looks uh, and cam waits cam waits will be out for most of the year if not the whole year coming back from his achilles injury kind of reading between the lines of what billy napier said it's like we hope to get him back at some point um but when you're talking about a six foot eight 370 pound guy trying to come back from an achilles tear and an achilles uh tendon surgery um that's going to be a long timetable uh for him and, and he just had that injury in march so you're talking uh, you know, six months ago, really, uh, from having a, a, an Achilles surgery. And then you have Jordan Herman, the uh, the JUCO transfer, and then Damian George, the Alabama transfer. Uh, Nick Saban spoke very highly of Damian George, got injured last season, uh, lost his starting spot, comes to Florida with a lot of experience. So, uh, you know, again, a lot of a lot of players with experience, a lot of people you should think highly of. But, you know, as we talked about last week, as we kind of rattled off a bunch of names across the board on a bunch of different things is – you know, a lot of times they're just names until we uh, we get that experience and that exposure. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to our friends over at Fango. Go visit FangoTickets.com. Think of it as Airbnb for your season tickets. Right now, Tampa Bay area for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Florida Gators, Cleveland Browns, uh, and um, Cincinnati Bengals. Go check them out. Put your season tickets up. We are going to have a promo code where you'll be able to get money off of your first tickets. But again, it is free to put your season tickets on there. Uh, there are no buyer fees as well. So again, fangotickets.com. Go support a Florida Gator alumni as he creates 
uh, hopefully a better option uh, than Ticketmaster and uh, a lot of the other ticketing sites that are out there. Let's get through a few more quotes here. Uh, again, kind of sporadic in the way. Real you know, quick, we, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Pound that like button. There's a lot of people yes. in the comments. We appreciate y'all for hanging out. Like, 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 comment. Continue to comment in the comments. It helps us, helps us with the algorithms. Appreciate y'all for hanging out with us this morning. And we appreciate Stone Cold Drip Sauce Tim. Uh, hell of a name. Love Selling my name. closet. Appreciate uh, your Super Chat donation. Uh, Super Chat donation questions will be answered almost immediately. So, again, Super Chat. Uh, anything, Click the like button. Hit the subscribe button uh, and shoot us a comment uh, as you can. Um, so, again, kind of going through some quotes here. Uh, Austin Armstrong. Uh, first off, sick quarter, or quarter zip. Got to figure out where to get one. That will be elite winter uh, apparel uh, but he said we want to be tough physical relentless we want to be the aggressor we want to hunt i expect to see a very aggressive offense from uh, austin armstrong uh, really trying to go after and affect uh, the quarterback billy napier said that we've had 53 players set records for max velocity this summer uh, tj searcy gained 12 pounds of muscle since january Jalen Kimbers, eight pounds of muscle since April. Jack Pyburn, 10 pounds of muscle since January. His body fat percentage went down 6%. So, again, a lot of things that we've talked about. Nick, you mentioned uh, Mark Hockey uh, at the beginning of this segment, but a lot of work being done uh, in the weight room. Uh, going through here, I think that those are kind of the big – uh, big quotes uh, from the day. So let's let's wrap up that uh, that segment. Any final thoughts on uh, Florida Gators Media Day? Not successful event. Right, it's time to play the games. Enough, enough quotes. I'm ready to see you know uh, pads and let the pads talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I'm trying, to hear the, I'm trying to hear these pads clap, bro. But Twitter, but Twitter's been telling me that. Uh, Florida fans have been have been saying the games or Florida State fans keep saying to you guys that the game's got to be played. Some people about to have a rude awakening starting week one. LSU. I think I think a lot of people got us twisted, bro. You know, I'm I'm ready to get in my bag. I've been chilling all off season, but I think people got us. They they playing us. They got the logo twisted a little bit. Um, little media day stuff. I do like I like Austin Armstrong. I'm ready to see that defense, bro. Yeah. Most importantly. You know, um, hearing what Billy said about our front four, our front seven, the, the upgrades there. This is a guy that's like he's not going. I don't think overhype uh, anything that we have. If he's confident about our front seven, a guy that's from you know the pedigree of Bama and Clemson, he knows something. Um, mm -hmm. And and I and I like the guys that they brought on, uh, Cam, uh, the 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 other guy, uh, I'm forgetting Cam his name, Jackson. Caleb Banks, yeah, Cam Jackson, Caleb Banks. Um, you know, going with Chris McClellan, who we already had last year, that takes Desmond Watts reps uh, down tremendously. And you know, we use him in spurts, and he's going to be more effective. Uh, but that front seven, um, Princely, he got the number one jersey. I wasn't here last week to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But shout out to him getting that number one. Uh, I expect him to live up to, live up to those expectations. He's just got to have a motor and play every down. Uh, as long as he's come focused to play every down, we gonna, we, starting week one, we're going to put the country on notice that our front seven and that defense is going to be a problem. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some position battles and, and a review of two different position groups. We are going to do two position groups each week leading up to the season. Uh, this week we are going to do 
uh, quarterbacks and safeties. Before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Gale at checkout. Get 15% off of your first order. A lot of great stuff there. They've got the starter-looking jacket. They've got about 20 different shirts supporting a variety of different University of Florida uh, sports. So, again, go check them at homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. Uh, let's talk a little bit about quarterback, Nick. I know that you have to run here soon. Uh, let's talk a little bit about quarterback. Um, are we all just throwing Graham Mertz in as the starter? Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Um, and and – I wasn't. It's been a roller coaster watching the fans react to Graham Mertz. You get Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. It's who is this trash? Um, Andy Jean, who was 17 at the time from Miami, not a quarterback hotbed, says this is the best quarterback I've ever played with. And then we hit an all time high. From Miami, Graham, so we're hitting all time high on the on the Graham Mertz hype train. I'm like, hey, this is a 17 year old kid from Miami. This 23 year old quarterback. Should probably be the best quarterback he's ever played with. I mean, you ever seen South Florida quarterback play? Have you ever seen South Florida quarterback play? The kid wasn't like the fans. The fans took that and ran with it, and then spring happened, and fans were back down on him. So we've seen some some peaks and valleys with the Graham Mertz hype train. Um, And uh, I I think he's a fine quarterback. He can get the job done. He can be a game manager. You just need him to hit the passes, the easy connections he needs to to be able to keep defenses honest because you've got four really talented running backs um, and an offensive line, if they're healthy, that can that can run block and you can challenge them um, to run block and, and Florida can be a productive offense in that way. They're not going to be high-flying. It's not going to be 2020 where you're throwing the ball 60 times a game. You're not going to ask Graham Mertz to do those kind of things. Um, you just need to – uh, maybe play keep away, sustain some drives with your running attack, um, and keep your defense fresh uh, on the sidelines. The turnovers that you had, and turnovers have been a huge knock on Graham Mertz's game. Um, he can't turn the ball over the way he has the last two years, and Florida have a successful offensive season. So you have to have Graham uh, not turn the ball over at the rates at which he did the last two years in Wisconsin because uh, that would be a death, a death blow for Florida. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wanted to watch like a lot of his Wisconsin game, uh, and and you know it's a lot of those turnovers just bad luck. <laughs> you know, like uh, he was put in a lot of bad situations. Offensive line wasn't that great. Um, I I know uh, Dan like to say the season's gonna go as Jaden Hill goes, but I think mm-hmm. the season's gonna go as the offensive line go. Uh, how much they could you know maul and, and push teams around. Uh, so Graham Merch could, could could play off a of play action and, and and catch some teams in some bad moments. I think Billy do a good job of setting up play action. But um, uh, hearing the running backs talk about their usage in the pass game, uh, I know a lot of those touch throws, swing passes, and, and a lot of things from out of the backfield we weren't able to hit with AR. So I, I don't think we need to lean on him to be you know um, you know AR. You know uh, I don't think we were trying to have AR be AR. It was just some hero ball every now and then, but. Mm-hmm. We got to play behind our pads, uh, run the ball, and play some defense. You know, and play action pass off of that. And I think if we put him in good down and distance situations uh, continually, we'll be able to move the sticks and not have to rely on explosive plays like we did last year. Uh, that's the growth I want to see uh, out of the quarterback position in the offenses. Sustainable drives. A lot of our scores mm-hmm. was just us being able to make explosive. We were one of the most explosive offenses in the country. 
Um, so I want to see some more sustainable drives this year and uh, being able to put the ball in the playmakers' hands, like the young guys with, with, with big speed, uh, uh, Aiden Mazzell, uh, just being able to get those guys some easy looks, some easy pass, and see if they can make somebody miss and then possibly take it to the house. But I don't think we need him to go out there and be Joe Montana or nobody like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, let's – Graham Mertz, 32 starts. You know, that's something that Billy Napier talks about a lot uh, whenever he speaks. Uh, 5,405 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, just a hair under 60% for career completion. Uh, Ray, there's a couple things here. One, Paul Christ gets fired uh, during the middle of the season last year. You could say, hey, maybe the team just didn't perform. Uh, that's on him. And you could also say, hey, you know, the offense wasn't performing. Paul Christ – you know, an offensive guy, you know, maybe maybe it's his fault. Who knows, right? There's a lot of blame game that goes around. Um, you know, I, I think for Graham, they're going to be asked to do a few things, and this is where I think that that Graham Mertz actually could be a pretty good get, um, quarterback for the Florida Gators this season. Number one is I don't think Graham Mertz, if you look at a lot of his interceptions, uh, there was a lot of bad luck, a lot of miscommunication. It seems like I think if Florida can call an offense – where you get the ball open, you know, to some of these guys with speed and space, you know, I don't expect or want Graham Merch to throw the 40 or 50 yard go route necessarily. If we can, and Florida can hit those short to intermediate throws, Florida was very much a Jekyll and Hyde offense, right? We saw it against Florida state is probably the best example where Florida goes out, has a very strong offensive first half, and then they go and throw uh, 13 straight incompletions. Florida has to be able to limit those kind of turnover opportunities, right? So I think Florida has better running backs than he had at Wisconsin. I think he's got a better wide receiving group than he has at Wisconsin. Wisconsin always is going to have a, a good mauling offensive line, but I think they'll have an athletic group. Uh, but I think if you look at the way the Florida's offense is built this year, you have Montreal Johnson with another year on his belt. You have ETN with another year under his belt. And then you have Cam Carroll, who is – very much expected to play this year. So I like Florida's offense from the running back perspective. I think that that's going to allow Graham, you know, some opportunities. But I think if Florida's able to figure out the speed and space component, that's going to probably rely on a lot of freshman wide receivers to come in. But if Florida can can continuously make the short to intermediate throws, I think that Graham Mertz will be okay. I think that he's athletic. I think that there is a reason why he was one of the top 50-ish players in the country in his recruiting class. And I think in Edgar Thompson did an interview uh, with his uh, quarterback coach, Justin Hoover, uh, that he's known for a long time, said the change of scenery refreshed him, re-energized him, gave him some perspective. Um, I think that Graham really has tackled this offseason the way that you want to out of a starting quarterback. And, you know, time will tell. But I don't think that Graham Mertz is this terrible quarterback. I think that a lot of people just think because he was a highly touted recruit Wisconsin didn't work out. The coach gets fired that he's this terrible quarterback. I don't think he's the 14th best quarterback in the SEC. I think that Graham will likely finish somewhere in that five to eight range. And I think ultimately Florida might be in a better offensive position than they were under Anthony Richardson, just based on all the other tools that they have around. Him. All right. I'm with you on all of that. Cool. Um, Jack Miller, Max Brown, the other options. Uh, there. Oh, and it is important to remember, and I said it on this this show last week, uh, Silk, you might have missed this hot take. I expect Graham Mertz to be the starting quarterback for the University of Florida for the next two years. Um, hot take. The hot That's take. hot as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack Miller and Max Brown, 
uh, as the backups. Um, what do you guys want to see uh, out of them? What do you expect out of them? How else do you see this this QB room shaking out? I would like to see uh, Max Brown's growth. I kind of we kind of know what we're gonna get out of Jack Miller, in my opinion. Uh, no slight to him, but um, I think he's possibly out of his ceiling when it pertains to being a quarterback on the collegiate level. I think there's a lot of potential with Max Brown. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him this offseason. The players, the coaches, all uh, singing his praises for it's like some growth this year. So uh, he brings a different element. Uh, I'm not going to say Grant Merckx is not mobile because he is. Um, shout out to him for running over 20 miles per hour the other day. That was pretty dope. But I think Max Brown can bring some different athleticism and some different uh, capabilities into the offense. So I'd like to just see some growth from him this this camp. That way we can get an idea of what that RB2, I'm sorry, that QB2 looks like because we, like you said, we, we've seen this before in Florida. Quarterback goes down, QB2 has to step up. So I would like to see Max Brown uh, challenge uh, Jack Miller, the older guy, for that QB2 spot. If he was to somehow surpass him and be QB2, I think that would be, you know, uh, some confidence on my behalf with the backup situation. He's He's gotten better, but I don't know that he's QB2 yet. Yeah, that's what I would like to see, Nate. That's that's just – he's just prognosticating. I don't think he is right now either. No, I like Nick's – yeah, that, he is quarterback three right now. And I know, like, he played baseball, so – and he was a little raw coming out as well. Uh, wasn't a highly touted three-star guy. But, you know, there's some potential there. And I would like to see that, that type of growth from him. Pause. Uh, we'll see. Woo. Woo. Um, six foot, our, uh, Graham Mertz, six, three, two, 15. Sorry, just going through a couple other notes here. Um, I know that Graham, somebody said in here, little known fact that Graham Mertz can run, um, wasn't asked yeah. to run a lot of Wisconsin. Um, we saw some tape of him running quite fast. Was it 21, 22 miles an hour? You know, probably a Florida time delay, you know, a Florida, um, you know, laser time there, you know, maybe a little bit adjusted for, for the, for the visuals, but maybe uh, the books, I think, you know, <coughs> I think there's a lot of books. A little self-hate Nick It's self-hate, bro. He don't think, <laughs> he don't think Graham can run like that. A little self-hate, bro. All right, cool. Like we'll see it in the combine. <laughs> we'll see what, tw what 23 miles, miles per hour. hour though. Okay. So. Yeah. But, but you can equate 23 miles an hour. To what a forty time is, and when you run out right, a, right, a right, four right. nine forty, I'm gonna I'm gonna question your twenty three miles an hour at practice. Mm, I think the way Merce is trucking along there, I, I got him penciled in at four seven. Okay, all right, twenty two point seven miles an hour. That's fast. Um, I cannot run twenty two point seven miles an hour. Maybe Silk can. Uh, Silk's for my, my days. Oh, there you are. Yeah, my days uh, of running are, are coming. I, I, I was sprinting my son on, on vacation uh, up a hill. And uh, I got one time, two L's. You know, mm. so uh, he's 11. You didn't get hurt, so that's a W. That is. That is. I didn't want to race him, bro. He just kept walking around the house challenging everybody in the house to foot races. I was just like, bro, we just can't let this 11-year-old bosses around like this. <laughs> so, so I had to go out there, but... um. I don't know if I can hit 22 miles per hour, but I can come close, I think. No. Yeah, I don't. They're cooking um, the books for Gators, so I think I can get it, Nick. You remember that that time that Florida had, like, five players on their team running under four 340s? 
Yeah. Uh, I think exactly zero of them clocked under uh, under four three nine maybe at the uh, at the combine. But uh, but we'll Everybody, see. Man. Yeah, hey, you know, master he, motivator. He knew what to do. Um, you know, I, I again, I think this is Graham Mertz's job to lose. Um, you know, Jack Miller. I, I don't think obviously Florida played terribly against Oregon State. Uh, he was dealt a pretty crappy hand when it came to, sure. to the team that was there. I think that he's serviceable enough. I don't think that you win uh, a lot of games uh, necessarily with, with Jack Miller or Max Brown uh, leading you there. That's that's not slight to them, but I do think that Graham Mertz is probably a better quarterback than than what the internet says. I don't think that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy this year, um, but I am curious to see how he is in this offense. I'm curious to see how Florida uses him. You know, somebody mentioned in the chat this was – kind of my thought as well. Um, you know, do they put him in a position to, to run the ball um, just because of the depth that you have behind at the quarterback position? Yeah, that's that's certainly a question to be asked. But, uh, you know, I think if Florida can get the ball speed and space, make those short to intermediate throws, moving the football, not playing hero ball, uh, that's what Florida needs. They've got great running backs, and I think that that's going to really, you know, augment. I, you know, I think having a tight end, having that option become available, who that might be, We'll see. Arliss Bortonham, I got for a big yeah. year this year. You know, there, there's a there's a number of names that that we hope, right? And and you've seen right. glimpses out of some, um, you know. But again, it's just a matter of putting that all uh, together, right? We need to have those pieces. I'll make sure that the offensive line is doing their job, that the tight ends are getting open or they're blocking depending on the scheme, and that the wide receivers are getting open. I know that Florida has some some upperclassmen wide receivers, but I'm willing to bet some of these younger guys coming in might might supplant some of that. And then the running backs run the way that we think that they will. Uh, let's. What's a, what's a big What's a big year for a pass catcher on this team? I don't think that the Gators have a thousand yard receiver. I think 700 might be max. But like last year, they had like two guys or three guys with 20 catches. No one had 30. Like, what's a big year? At 25? Like outside of Ricky. Let's see. So that would be a little bit more than two catches a game. But Florida's going to play 15 games this year. So that's 30. <laughs> um, 15, 15 games. <laughs> All 15. It's line season, baby. Like, 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 Silk said, big year for Arliss Boringham. A big year for Arliss Boringham might be 15 catches for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Is that a big year? For a tight end, yeah. I, I, think, I think with what else you have on the roster, yeah, I mean, that might be a good expectation. I mean, but if you get 15 catches for 300 yards, that's that's pretty solid production there, Nick. That's 20 yards I, a catch. I mean, that's a big year for a guy that's coming on the scene. Uh, we haven't seen, uh, like, a coming out party. Uh, I think his potential. Tony Livingston, so he may he may split some of those stats with him. I just think we're going to see a lot of uh, athleticism, and, and we haven't seen it from the tight end position since Kyle Pitts left. Um, so I, I, I do I believe in those guys. I think they have a lot of potential. Uh, Livingston was a basketball player, uh, so there's some acclimation to football, and absolutely on the collegiate level that he has to do. But uh, I think he's going to be those guys going to be good outlets for a guy like Graham Mertz, uh, who who's going to need outlets. We're going to play off play action and, and within those uh, tack that tackle tight end box a lot, in my opinion. Um, so I see those guys having coming out parties this year, both mm -hmm. tight ends. I mean, and then you still have Keon Zipper on campus, and is he, is he back up? Zip, Zip's not going to play. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm sorry. He's out for the after the year. Uh, you have Jonathan Odom, who was injured last year too, but you know had some. 
some catches and you know some touchdowns there. Um, you know, do you start yeah, to see? You're, I think you're really going to see three tight ends. You're going to see uh, Dante Sanders, Arles Boardingham, and I think Odom. And with Odom and and Boardingham being the pass catchers, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that either of them gets to like that 15 mark. Hey, you know what? We'll see, right? Um, you, we'll see. We'll see what the offense. Obviously, it's going to be a, a very different offense. Uh, you know, Florida struggled to get to the ball tight end all of last season, right? But I don't know how much they were open. I don't know, you know, how much of their responsibility was, was getting open compared to blocking. Uh, you know, a lot of what Florida relied on last year was was trying to play a little bit of hero ball, right? To try to buy that time to get that that long deep seam route that might be open, right? So. You know, Florida's offense with Graham Mertz, obviously not as athletic as Anthony Richardson. In fact, no quarterback ever has been as athletic as Anthony Richardson was, right? So with this offense, do you start to see, you know, some small, you know, post routes or some some out routes from some of these wide receivers or from some of these tight ends that do open those opportunities that you didn't have last year? You know, and is it a, a boarding ham? You know, is it, um, you know, Dante Zanders? Is it Jonathan Odom? Is it Tony Livingston? Right. Hayden Hansen, you know, redshirt freshman. Right. Do you see him at all? Right. Like Florida has eight tight ends, seven of which are healthy right now. There's got to be something there. Hopefully. There's definitely some potential there. It's just it's just a matter of how much we use that position. Uh, Traditionally, Billy hasn't used it a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see if he changes. He he makes any tweaks to this offense. Um, But it all depends on that. But I do think we have capability at the position. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's about how many throws and how much we include mm-hmm. the Titans in the passing offense. Yeah. And, and you know, and looking at Florida, you know, obviously teams are going to have to respect the run. Florida has three very capable running backs. And, you know, Trayon Webb is a uh, is a freshman, but, you know, he might get even some time too. So Florida has three very capable running backs with potentially a fourth that you have to respect that. So with them being in a position where you have to respect the running back, does that then open up Florida for some opportunities where Graham Murphs can be successful just because of the strength of uh, the uh, the rest of the team on offense, at least in the running back room? So. Um, Nick, I know that you have to run here in a moment. Let's get into safeties real quick. Uh, run down that room. Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, Jordan Castell, RJ Moten, Bryce Thornton, Jadarius Perkins, Dakota Mitchell, and uh, Jamarcus Weston uh, are the scholarship uh, safeties in that group. Uh, who do you have as uh, starters, Nick? And then give us your uh, room overview, and then we'll let you run to, uh, to practice. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to leave Miguel Mitchell there. He's got also, though, at 6'1", 220, that they've moved down, and he's playing in the box a little bit, a linebacker. Uh, for my money right now, though, I'm going to go R.J. Moten and Miguel Mitchell at starter. I think Kamari Wilson needs to uh, bend off Moten for that starting job. We kind of had him penciled in in the spring. Moten uh, wasn't here in spring, uh, committed during spring practice and, and arrived on campus early in the summer. Um, and then another guy that I think will play a ton this year is Jordan Castell. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's a guy who the staff is really high on. They're high on Bryce Thornton as well. Um, both of the, the two freshmen that they brought in. Um, and then when you name Jadarius Perkins there, I think Jadarius and, and um, Jaden Hill compete at star at nickel um, more so than, than playing at, at safety. So to me, I think the, the four, the two deep will be, uh, Moten and Mitchell to start, and Kamari Wilson and Jordan Castell uh, backing them up. What, like, what, what, is there any different style in safety play? Are we doing free strong safety, or is it pretty pretty much two two safeties with equal responsibilities? Like, what's the um, the I think it's 
I think it's two safeties, equal responsibilities. The responsibilities more so on the safeties. Um, they're like like middle linebackers in, in Austin Armstrong's defense. Um, they're calling everything out. They obviously they're farthest back. They have the entire field in front of them. Um, so I think that they they have a lot on their plate just in terms of calling plays out, getting guys checked um, when there's motion, making sure people know where you're going with your defense, with your coverage. Um, so I think that's kind of where. Uh, R.J. Moten, a guy who has yeah. more experience, is is ahead of the game, uh, ahead of Kamari or Miguel. Um, so to me, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then as we start watching practice, I think I'll be able to answer that question. Like, hey, is there a true strong safety a guy that's going to creep down in the box versus you know that center fielder free safety uh, who's kind of roaming and, and, and plays up top? Right. That that is going to uh, be interesting to watch, especially with the young guys. If uh, mm-hmm. the safeties are relying on communication wise and, you know, that that uh, important in defense. Um, I want to see how Armstrong and the defensive staff implement the younger guys that may not have the, the knowledge. And, 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 you know, of course, you can match one of the young boys with R.J. Moten, who's. Uh, played in you know a lot of games. I think it was like 25, 30 games, something like that. A couple of Big Ten championships, a lot of experience there. Um, but sometimes with young safeties, uh, the, the the ability to be there, but the, the know how, knowing the defense, knowing the calls, could be a, a hindrance to getting on the field. Um, but I like your four deep. I'm with you on that, and, and I'm hearing the same thing out of the young guys. Um, seeing somebody saying Sharif Denson could definitely be one of those guys that that makes a step in the right direction as far as uh, reps at the star position, but um, the young guys like Bryce Thorne and Castell, I want to see how they implement these guys. Of course, their progress in camp, you know, if they move up the depth chart and they're making, we start hearing that they're making plays in camp, it's going to be something to look out for at the safety spot because I, I think that room is a little wide open than most would like. I think the, the most solidified spot may be RJ Moten, to be honest with you. The other the other spot could be, and I like Miguel Mitchell, I'm a part of that hive, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's uh, earned the right just to say I'm the starter. I think he's still got to go win a job a little bit there. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good take. Uh, I was just writing it down. The, the five that I have playing this year for the Gators at safety are Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, RJ Moten, and then I think Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton are going to find uh, the field as well. Um those are probably my top five. I'm going to say that Miguel Mitchell and R.J. Moten are uh, going to be my starters. I do think Kamari Wilson is going to play quite a bit. He did have a pretty solid uh, orange and blue debut game. Um, he had a, a, a forced fumble. Um, he also had five tackles uh, and a QB hurry. He did win the Steve Spear Commitment to Excellence Award uh, also as well uh, during camp. Um, you know, certainly with a five-star, I think a lot of people expected him to come and play right away. He made a lot of mistakes last year uh, as well, but he was a true freshman. Um, but he played the second most snaps, I believe, of, of any true freshman last year. So you hope with another offseason – you know, that, that Florida can continuously get better, uh, you know, in that group. You're replacing no matter how good you thought they were or not, uh, Florida does uh, replace both, um, um, you know, safeties at this position, uh, this, you know, th- this uh, this upcoming season. So, is, again, there's going to be some, some times that they make mistakes and that they're not going to be perfect and they're young, young and experienced. I think that R.J. Moten – has some more experience, which I think does give him the leg up over Kamari Wilson. But I do think you see, especially with the way that Florida's going to use safeties, I think you see all three of those guys, you know, quite a bit this season. No doubt. All right, all right, all right brother. Run. 
All right, Nick, we'll see you soon, my friend. Um, so we have, again, so we talked a little bit about Kamari Wilson. We talked a little bit about RJ uh, Moten. Miguel Mitchell again appeared uh, in all 13 games last season, uh, had one start last season. Um, Jamarcus Weston, a guy that moved from receiver to safety. I don't know how much you can expect uh, out of him other than maybe just a position change. I think that he's going to be a guy on special teams. Um, but I think Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton silk. Uh, Jordan Castell was a four-star recruit, um, number 10 safety in the country, number 139 overall player. I think, you know, from him, guy with a lot of speed, a good hitter. You you mentioned it, you know, safety's kind of the the quarterback of that defense. So you have to know where to be. You have to help point people in the right position. So asking for a freshman to play a ton uh, might be challenging, um, you know, or to start. But, you know, again, you saw with Kamari Wilson last year that they can still get a bunch of snaps even if they're not starting. And then finally Bryce Thornton, uh, 5'10", 204 pounds, uh, a four-star guy, uh, picked Florida over Alabama. So, you know, again, you have some depth there, uh, but a lot of unproven uh, names as well. A lot of excitement on the defensive side of the ball. I feel good about that front seven. I feel good about my corners. Uh, if we can figure out that safety position, you know, I think we have a very elite defense, man. Um, just speaking to some guys that's on the defense, they're confident with the, at the position. They think they got some talented guys. Um, but this vibe, I was around, I was around on the team a couple of weeks ago before I went on my hiatus. Mm -hmm. uh, just good. Like, the confidence in that building, I think, is authentic. You know, um, what you're in that media day, the the – the, the confidence you're seeing on these players when they talk about, you know, the, this upcoming season, I think it's real. And before the media day, I was riding. My brother's a Florida State guy, but he was there with me. I said, bro, I think the season's going to be a little bit better. We're not going to win no national championship or mm -hmm. go to the SEC championship. But that five wins, I think, is it's, 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 it's cool. It's Vegas, you know. But right. you got to actually play these games. Um, they feel super confident. I feel confident just from being around them and in the building. Like Those guys think they got something. So we'll see what's up with it. And probably the biggest news uh, of the offseason as well, the departure of Patrick Tony, or not the biggest news, but part of the news, especially affecting that room, is the uh, when Patrick Tony left uh, to go to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Corey Raymond took over that whole group. I expect a better right. coached defense, uh, defensive backfield. I expect a, a defensive backfield that's more on the same page. Uh, Communication-wise, I expect that group as a whole to be better, even if they – do make some mistakes, even if they're young and experienced, I do expect a, a defensive backroom that communicates a lot better and is going to be where they need to be. You know, we heard some rustlings about, a, you know, Patrick Tony and Corey Raymond not necessarily being on the same page last season. Um, you know, so I expect that as, as an overarching theme to be significantly better for the game. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the, the communication being better on the back end, but also, uh, safeties that I, I expect from Armstrong's energy, like he's, he's he's talking about a lot of physicality and being aggressive and getting back to uh, some old Florida defense. So I expect the safeties to actually run run the alley and hit running backs and and make physical tackles. You know, I haven't seen that in a minute. <laughs> it's been a while since our safeties have been coming downhill and run support or any like I I don't remember the last time I seen just a an errant ball picked off. You know, a ball mm -hmm. hog. So I want to see some changes uh, with the young boys. I think they bring a lot of those capabilities at the safety position. So uh, I just expect to see something. If guys are not producing at that back end, I, I, I think we'll see guys pull. My biggest thing last year was 
the mistakes from fifth year guys, you know, guys mm-hmm. have been in the program forever and they're still making the same mistakes and then they just stay in the game. Right. So um, I think you're going to see some difference with that this year. Yeah, no, and I and I think you know ultimately what I what I want out of this group is even if they're not the most experienced or the most talented group of safeties that Florida's had, uh, you know, in the past, you know, I want to see good fundamental football. I want to see good tackling and wrapping up, and you know, that's where Florida got you know lost last year was some guys trying to make some really big hits or trying to just make uh, a move on the ball that that missed and then left you know the opportunity for them to get gashed. You know, Florida had an atrocious defense last year, Florida fundamentally struggled in a lot of areas that I really hope, you know, with some proper coaching, some proper technique, and then ultimately that desire and want to can be better and more consistent, even if they're not, you know, as talented as they've been in the past, if they can limit those big plays, then that I think will be the big uh, difference maker for Florida this year. Uh, somebody asked me about I like Harrison. Somebody's asking me about Weston. I like Harrison Sanchez. I uh, take on Weston. He's turned into a bodybuilder. Yeah, he has. You know, and he's strong. Yeah, get the free weightlifting while you can. You know, yeah, he's in great shape. Uh, I don't expect a lot of them out the safety spot at this point. Um, we have some talented guys back there. They just got to figure it out. He's trying to figure out a new position. Uh, I'm with Dan. I think he's going to be a special team player. Hopefully, he can contribute in a very productive way on special teams, but. Um, strong kid. He benched some crazy weight on, on the socials this past week. Looks good for the strength and conditioning program. Yep. So uh, I think that that leads us to the end of the show. Uh, a couple of brief announcements around the Florida Gators. Uh, Francesca Anea, uh was announced as an assistant coach to the University of Florida softball program. Something I alluded to a few months ago. I know that they were working through her uh, having to finish up at her old job, but she got officially announced last week. So congratulations to her. Uh, and then congratulations to uh, to Chris Collinsworth, who got elected uh, into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Nice. And finally, uh, Ricky Pearsall gets named to the Maxwell Award watch list. So, Silk, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Harrison, I know you're asking for a Life Wallet update. Uh, I'll do that here yeah, in a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, My favorite party show. Well, let's uh, give one final shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go visit that, or at, uh, pardon me, at Alumni Hall. Scratch that. Go visit alumnihall.com. They now have the coaches' polos uh, available. Nike, Jordan, Champion, all the sports uh, shirts that you want, uh, accessories that you might need, anything that you might want for the Florida Gators athletic department, all sports, biggest selection whether it's for your tailgate, whether it's for a polo to wear to the game, or whether it's for just a t-shirt to wear around the house, go visit alumnihall.com or go visit them on Archer Road right by that Chick-fil-A. Life wallet alert. Um, Silk, I was out golfing yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. I had a run-in with a gator. I don't know if you saw that on the timeline. or actual alligator, huh? Yeah, an actual alligator, probably a a seven, eight-foot alligator. Uh, comes from this uh, retention pond and just uh, sits down on the um, on the green there on hole two, playing down That's at Rosedale in Lakewood. Uh, I will our Lakewood Ranch. I will pull up this photo. Uh, we all hit shot number two, and um, then the gator decides that it's going to move from the side of the green into the middle of the green, and then just just lays down, uh, and then it gets up and walks. Um, just a slightly frightening experience to say the least. I will pull up this gator 
uh, here. Um, slightly frightening experience. You know, you never want to be that close to a gator. They can run fast. Um, so we yeah, all decided. Zigzag, Dan, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would say, well, we were in the golf cart. So hopefully those golf carts could outrun. Probably not. Um, but then he decides to walk uh, over and then just plants himself in somebody's bushes. So hopefully uh, he uh, got back to the pond uh, where he belongs, but had a, a run in with a gator uh, yesterday. So uh, but during that, be... during that golf round, I found out that uh, the Miami Herald, which apparently Miami fans don't like, think that they're out to get the University of Miami. I don't think that they're out they to get They probably thought it was me, Herald. <laughs> Miami Herald. They um, thought it was Herald. Um, so, again, um, see that the Miami Herald uh, has done an expose on John Ruiz and Life Wallet, as you guys know, uh, Life Wallet stock. My investment in that stock has gone down dramatically. I think I'm down 77% on my initial sizable investment uh, in the Life Wallet. But we find out that Life Wallet uh, and Mr. Ruiz, a guy that decided to make it personal uh, with me, a guy that sucked his uh, his little um, minion whoa, whoa, up on me, um, all of it. Um, just tried to make my life miserable. Didn't failed miserably at it, but tried to make my life miserable. Uh, I could not wish anything more than the SEC uh, and the Feds investigating uh, you. Um, you have been a sham. You have run a scam. Um, you did it loudly. Uh, you did it braggadociously. Mm. Uh, you did it in probably the the worst possible way one could want and hope. Uh, out of an individual. And so I am not sad for you at all. I am not sad for my investment. I'm willing to lose all of that money uh, if it means that the scam that you ran and the people that you took more money from than me uh, get their credence due. Um, so scammers are going to scam. They're going to continue to scam. Uh, it happened before. It's happening now. It's going to continue to happen. Business is not as usual. Mr. Ruiz, like I said, I am glad, and it could not happen to a better person. Oh, man. My man bought a helicopter, private jet. It's all for sale yeah, if you guys are in the plan. market. If you want a Boeing 767, I think, it's for sale. If you want a helicopter, it's for sale. Um, it's all going down. It's just a ticking, ticking time bomb here. Uh, the feds don't miss. So Feds do not miss. The feds are undefeated from the field 100%. Um, they rarely do miss. They have a small percentage there, but with a guy yeah. like Ruiz and you know the way as loud as he was, I mm -hmm. think they're gonna hit here. Uh, do you, what do you think happens though? Do you think this is like Martha Stewart jail time type situation, or what do you I think? think? It, I think it depends. I think there's a lot of issues here. I think defrauding investors with faulty financials is a massive deal. Uh, people that have lost. I mean, you're talking about a company that projected a billion dollars worth of revenue that did less than 25 million. You were only off by $975 million. Uh, you start to look at the picture of how that money came to be, the amount of money that his SPAC was valued at, uh, the amount of money that his business was valued at, all of these things, it just starts to add up. Uh, people don't like being defrauded. Uh, these people have the ability to go after you. Uh, I know Mr. Ruiz is, is a wealthy individual and a lawyer, uh, but these people have lawyers. They have a lot of time. Uh, Life Wallet has lost and cost a lot of people besides himself a bunch of money, uh, and they're going to go after it. Do I think that means jail time? I don't know. You'd have to see if there's charges filed and everything else. 
but this is not just uh, us wishing bad on a Miami fan and hoping something happens. So there was there was a lot of defrauding uh, of investors. It looks like here um, and the SEC getting involved. I would imagine that LifeWallow will be delisted in the not too distant future. They were served with their second delisting notice. Um, that's going to make the business a lot more uh, difficult to operate. They lost four hundred million dollars um, in in revenue last year, or before they ran at a $400 million loss last year. I don't know how you do that. There's obviously a lot of money that has been put into this. And if investors and people that have money that put money into your business knew uh, that it would go this poorly for this long and as much of a firework as it went down silk, uh, I, I think that this is just the, the beginning. Uh, you kind of knew something was up when he started tr stopped treating re recklessly, didn't you? Yeah, uh, the tea leaves was up. I think the, the the biggest, my biggest takeaway from this, from um, a football perspective, because um, that's the only reason we care, is right. Miami led this guy around the program, you know, um, to a certain extent. He was super involved in NIL. If it turns out that, you know, um, they're joining a different SEC <laughs> and, not, and not the Southeastern Conference, uh, I think it's a bad look and there's some good negative recruiting we could get out of this, is my take. You know, yeah, and you know, I hope for the players they're all made whole. I know that there was, um, I think Manny Navarro tweeted about it or, or Kane Sports, somebody you know, that a lot of these guys have moved over to the to Kane's collective. The one that said that that collectives were illegal, it's kind of funny that a lot of the players that were under his business have now moved over to a collective. Uh, you know, I hope the players Full are made circle. whole. You know, I hope the players are made whole. I hope that they don't get uh, caught up in any of this uh, limbo or anything else. And, you know, as much as Miami fans like to pound their chest that John Ruiz is not the biggest supporter or financial supporter, he wasn't the only one and everything else, you know, certainly uh, you hope for their case that they have uh, somebody else to back up because it looks like on the balance sheet that there's about $10 million in NIL deals given out last year. Uh, so mm. that's a lot of money to try to find another person to give up. So, um yeah, just just a bad overall situation. Uh, I hope the best situation happens uh, for those that invested in the company. For us shareholders, I hope that good things happen. Uh, but right now, uh, Harrison, my concern is, is an all-time high. An all-time high. Never been higher, so. Hey, you should be concerned, man. Your money's gone, bro. Uh, you can see if you get you a, a, a ride in the helicopter before they sell it. I think that's just what they should do to all the shareholders. I don't know if they can afford the gas. That's no. airplane fuel is high. Yeah, 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 it's high. It's not gas prices are at an eight month high. It's not like gas in a boat. That's not like gas in a boat. No, there's, there's, there's which is no, also expensive. Yeah, there's, there's no Freedom Helicopter Club. You know? <laughs> so, oh man, uh, well that'll take us to the end of the show. Uh, Silk, you missed last week. Uh, I think Nick was song of the week this week um so i will go i'm gonna do the new tyler childers song in your love got a, a bunch of uh bigots frustrated last week um so it's a uh, fantastic song great message great music video uh so again we'll do in your love the new tyler childers song I hear everybody talk about this song but i haven't heard it we got bigots man i gotta listen it it, it did because it is about uh some coal miners in the 50s that were gay uh, and the music video shows them. Uh, a lot of people got really upset that Tyler Childers, a very noted liberal. About uh, gay coal miners? Yeah, just about how they, they got, you know, they, they were they were together and then they they got fought by 
you know, a lot of people that hated them. They didn't want them to be their true selves. And the song itself is about true love and fighting for true love. But the music video featured some coal miners in the 50s. Gotcha. Marriage wasn't uh, wasn't obviously allowed and, and certainly hated. But uh, I think the message of the song overall is really good, uh, but got a lot of people really upset last week. So we're going to play that one this week. So Tyler Childers in your love. Uh, Silk, we'll see you at the same corner, same time next week. Already. Awesome. Well, boys, thanks for supporting. Like and subscribe. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Go go follow Beyond the Chump on absolutely every app. I almost forgot to say something about that. Uh, Beyond the Chump, new NIL platform coming from uh, the Roll Up Network. Uh, we're going to involve uh, a lot of guys from the network, but absolutely we're going to be bringing on athletes from every uh, sport we can on campus, football, basketball, soccer, swimming. Do we have soccer? We don't have soccer, do we? We have women's soccer. Women's soccer, so soccer. Uh, uh, every sport, lacrosse, whatever it may be, uh, we're going to bring in different talents and have some different type of com conversations beyond sports. Um, so tap in with us. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and all that. Awesome. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. It's a long, hard war, oh, but I can grin and bear it Cause I know what the hell I'm fighting for and I'll wait for you We were never made to run forever, we were just meant to go Long enough to find what we were chasing after I will stand my ground I'm a bad man looking for takers You're the finest thing around So I will stand my ground Cause it's cold out there And you know some men search for ages For the love that I have found So I will stand my ground
Namaste.